Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Hey everyone, welcome to Digital Dumpster Diving, where we dig through digital games and movies trying to find something worth our time and maybe yours. Will we find trash or treasure? Hi, I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Dave Martin. And we are here to hopefully give you some entertainment, either through our review of this movie or recommending something that you may enjoy yourself. How you doing today, Dave? I'm doing pretty well, just uh, fighting off, looking at the election news, and uh, trying to stay sane. How about yourself? <laughs> pretty much the same. So, since this is our first episode, I feel that we should maybe introduce ourselves to our listeners. But before we do that, uh, I want to definitely give a big thanks to the Versus the Universe Network, uh, Aaron Amandala, and all the rest of the guys over there. You know, they do uh, great work and they're cultivating this network of podcasts uh, that you can enjoy, uh, you know, including ours, uh, panels on channels, and many, many more that I'm sure you're going to hear so much about. Uh, definitely check them out. But uh, Dave, before we get any further, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners, let them know what's going on. Well, uh, again, I'm Dave Martin. I help run the Agents of Game group, uh, including the website, the podcast, the breakfast cereal, and coming soon, our line <laughs> of adult diapers. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if, if you're into video games, I do have a series of really bad videos on YouTube under the name of Dave Alicious. Um, if you need Minecraft tutorials, which may or may not be outdated, I'm your man. Nice, nice. And who can't who can't use a Minecraft tutorial every now and then? And I don't even play Minecraft, but it's just relaxing to watch people play sometimes. I got to tell you. Um, <laughs> I, I should also say, I'm Matt Peters. Uh, you folks may know me from uh, the Chicago Nerd Social Club on Facebook. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a, a member of the board of organizers there. Uh, I also uh, write and curate for MightyInc.net, the home of the GCPD podcast games comics and puppy dogs and soon to be home of the since last we spoke podcast and the uh the nightmare fuel that is cast today uh, i also edit uh for uncanny magazine the number one sci-fi magazine in the chicago area and worldwide i'm just gonna put that out there i don't know if that's true or not but i'm saying it is well you know yeah i think it should be true if it's not true it should be true so we're making it true that's right <laughs> So, what are we talking about tonight, sir? Well, this week we found a really... Well, we watched Atlantic Rim. <laughs> um, no, gonna no. just lay that turd out there, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's... We're not talking about Pacific Rim. Some of you may have actually enjoyed that one. No, no, this was Atlantic Rim from 2013, uh, directed by Jared Cohn, who brought you such classics as Underground Lizard People, Bikini mm. Spring Break, and oh. Little Dead Rotting Hood. Wow. I've seen none of those films. Uh, it's probably added a few years of longevity to your life that you have missed those. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this also wasn't the highlight of Graham Greene's acting career. But it wasn't Twilight either, so at least there's that. Yes. Um, it also starred Anthony Treach, Chris, David Joukowsky, and Jackie Moore, who apparently was on an episode of Westworld, for those of you who watched that. Um, so what is this movie about? Well, uh, Amazon's description. We, we watched this on Amazon. Um, just a little bit more about the show. Um, 
all of our all of our content is supposed to be either free or no extra cost, and we look for the best free. Right. And we found this one on Amazon Prime. Uh, when giant monsters crawl out of the Atlantic Ocean and, and attack the eastern seaboard, the U.S. government is forced to trust a trio of mischievous soldiers specialized in piloting gigantic robots to defend America. You know, I'm not sure how any of the people, any of the characters in this movie qualified for any of their roles. Yeah. They yeah. all seem fairly incompetent and inept and just not the kind of people you'd want to give any authority or responsibility whatsoever but hey that was the movie <laughs> yeah we're gonna we're definitely gonna get into that oh quick 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 note uh anthony tretch chris is actually one of the members of rap group naughty by nature um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's uh you know the of of you down with opp fame from back in the 90s i don't even know like, yeah you was, know I me think, like, early 90s yeah yeah you know those guys so um, I know he's been on episodes of Living Single, if you're into that at all. But um, you know he he's he's in the movie. Yes, that is him. <laughs> I I feel sorry for him. He <laughs> he deserves better. We we all deserve better than this. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So I mean, uh, I think this will probably be a good time to explain our illustrious rating system of uh, digital dumpster diving. What do we what do we what do we got here? So we have a four-point rating scale where uh, any of the items we find through the dumpsters of digital content, we, it could be toxic sludge, hazardous, reusable, or if we're particularly lucky, maybe we find treasure. And yeah, I I don't even know what to say about this one. It's, it's just bad. It is. <laughs> so for those familiar with the Asylum film uh, Mockbusters, and I, I absolutely love just how blatantly, you know, the audacity they have at just ripping off uh, these main, main, uh, you know, big box office smash movies. Uh, obviously, this is ripping off uh, Pacific Rim. But, I mean, these are the people that brought you films like Transmorphers and not Thor, but the almighty Thor. Uh, at the same time, <laughs> they've given you such sci-fi channel hits as Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus. Uh, so who yeah, can't go um, wrong with that? Yeah, man, it's just I don't know. I I want to just give them credit for even just having the nerve to go forth with this blatant ripoff. <laughs> well, see, it, it's it's kind of a mixed bag for me because I want to give when I know people have a limited budget, I want to give them credit, especially because I try to make, you know, just little crappy movies on the side. And it's hard work, but at the same time, knowing that it is just a bad knockoff, it's kind of hard to give them the benefit of the doubt on some of this. <laughs> all right. Is there, is there anybody in the cast that really stood out to you at all? Like, as far as, like, actually showing up and, and putting some effort into this? <laughs> Uh, I'm putting you on the spot big time with that. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say, I mean, uh, no, no, there okay. was nobody really. Yeah, I I would have to agree with that because when I look at the cast and I see that Tretch is probably the one that really gave the most convincing performance, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I wouldn't disagree, 
but it's kind of like Star Wars Episode Two. Sometimes the writing is just so bad that even good actors look terrible. That is true. Yeah, and uh, and and we we won't get into too much, but there were some some spots with a certain romance implied that were just so awfully forced that yeah even even he yeah couldn't no it was just bad yeah he couldn't salvage that i i agree with that but of course as as you uh kind of alluded to this is the non-spoiler segment of our conversation and we'll definitely give you guys a heads up before we jump into spoilers uh you know full bore but yeah we'll we'll leave that for later to really get in depth because i got notes i got things to say (laughs) about that romance and after we discuss them and record this, we will probably burn our notes and take showers. You know, part of, part of the I'm concerned about the recommendations I'm going to be getting in my feed on Amazon <laughs> after watching this film. It's just going to be trash. <laughs> no pun intended. It's going to be just booty going in there trying to find something fun to watch. But you never know. I mean, we might find a gym. We might, yeah. you know, or or maybe stuff that we we rated harshly before might seem a little bit more appealing in the future. But you know, as, as another side point, you know, we are really providing a service to you, the listener, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's not just at our own personal risk because you know when we have our our significant others, our wives watch these with us, we're risking serious bodily harm here. <laughs> oh, you had your wife watch this one with you. <sighs> yeah, um, I, I haven't woken up castrated yet, so <laughs> so so far so good. Man, look, I knew going in that this one was going to be a special kind of hell, so <laughs> I didn't subject D to this one. You know, I you know I decided to give her a break. Now, next time, of course, we're going to be covering a uh, a game, but again, we'll get to that a little bit later near the end of the show, so you folks can uh, you know maybe play along if you like that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, like with this film, I pretty much just kept this one to myself and I'm kind of <laughs> glad I did. Yeah. You are a wiser man than me <laughs> this time. <laughs> so, so what would you rate this movie? You know, you, you might be surprised. I'm not going to give it a total toxic sludge. I'm going to give it a hazardous because I feel like they were on the brink of making this something cheesy, but memorable. Of course, the acting was atrocious. The special effects left a lot to be desired. And of course, again, it was a blatant ripoff. However, there were some moments in there where it's like, okay, they're, they're going the extra mile with this movie. If they just kind of stayed on this path and then they lost it. <laughs> so oh. I'm, I'm going to give it a hazardous because, I don't know, somebody may find enjoyment in, in the little uh, you know breadcrumbs that they left behind to... God forbid, build an expanded universe <laughs> for this film. Because <laughs> if they want to do a sequel, they could. They left. They left the door open for that. So they, yeah, they they could. I, I I hope they don't. I wanted to, for there to be something, either for it to be half decent as a semi-serious mockbuster, or as just a hammed up. We know this is terrible. We're gonna have fun with it, and I didn't feel it hit either of those. Maybe I'm a terrible person, but I'm gonna go toxic sludge on this. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't blame you, man. I mean, it's really just kind of on the line for me. I mean, honestly, yeah. Unless you're a little bit drunk and you're just kind of late night looking for something <laughs> to just riff on, have a good time, poke fun at, and not pay too much attention to. Yeah, you could do 
worse than <laughs> Atlantic Rim, but well, not much. And, not much and, and in that in that vein, you know, if you're with some friends and you don't mind like laughing through half of it, or maybe you're rewinding it to say, "Did they really do that?" Then, <laughs> then there could be some enjoyment there. So, yeah, I guess I'll give it that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's another good point there, Dave. If folks want to play along at home. In the future, when we watch movies, we will definitely give you folks a heads up of what we plan to watch. So you can send in your thoughts. You can tweet us and email us, and we'll give you all that information at the end of the show. So you can uh, be part of the digital dumpster diving experience. And hopefully come out smelling a little bit better than we do. (laughs) Well, they can't smell much better than me, but you're right. You're right. You're right. So now uh, this is our official spoiler tag, and consider the rest of the show from here on out spoiler heavy. Here we go. That opening scene, I got to tell you, I didn't, okay, so from from Jump, I got the kind of vibe like, did you watch Power Rangers at all? Uh, I did, yes I did. You watched it a little bit? Yeah, I, I watched with the well with the original to America cast. I didn't watch um, any of the spinoffs or anything like that, though. Okay, okay, yeah. So I did too. So you know, there was like that little moment in every episode where they're not really concentrating on on the actual Power Rangers themselves. They're showing like just some random people, some construction workers doing their job, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden the monster shows up and it's craziness and everything. That's basically what this reminded me of. It seemed like this was the opening scene of the new Power Rangers movie. <laughs> <laughs> like just people you don't care about doing whatever they're doing, but you know, you gotta see this before you go to the to the uh the juice shop in Angel Grove where they're all doing like <laughs> hip hop keto or whatever. So yeah, for that, it kind of took me back. So I like that nostalgia. But the characters themselves, they seem to be talking, but not to each other. I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> oh, it made perfect sense because they were, if I remember correctly, the the two characters on the oil rig where it starts were both on headsets, but not the same frequency, but sometimes the same frequency. <laughs> well, I, not, not even that. It really seemed like they were just spitting out lines and just not really talking to one another. You know, so I, if if I can, like, you know, put on my critique hat for a moment here. <laughs> you know they call me richard roper sometimes not really but yeah um it just really seemed like the delivery they were giving was the end of the day they this is like the the 20th take and they're just trying to get through these lines before they can like call it a day call it quit call it quits for the day pretty much and and uh, the whole thing was just weird like the the line delivery was terrible the the setting was odd so it starts off on an oil rig this oil rig has a super high tech, well, it seemed to me like a super high tech submarine <laughs> as part of its detail. Yeah. Which is piloted by two young women that do not look like, I guess maybe I haven't been around oil rigs, so I don't know what a person who looks on works on an oil rig should look like. Oily. <laughs> but these women driving this advanced submarine did not look like I had imagined someone in working on an oil rig would look like. No, they look like they should have been driving a Prius. Yes, and they're taking sonar readings, delivering terrible lines of dialogue, but the sonar map they are using is a map of the entire globe. And while this is supposed to be taking place in the Atlantic Rim, their location on the globe was in the Red Sea. And 
that's just like that basically set the tone for me for the whole movie from there on out it was this botchamania from there on yes <laughs> so then like it, it's just yeah that threw me off so much i don't even remember what the actual next scene was i think uh it was the worst the lamest mardi gras parade ever <laughs> yeah there were like two floats <laughs> and there are people like dancing like as if uh, no that's not no there's no energy you're on a float in a mardi gras parade throwing beads at people and you're like yeah i, I kind of want to be here maybe yeah i'm getting was, credit for my high school acting class <laughs> it was the lamest mardi gras it's like if you were in a small town and they just had, you know, a ban on any type of debauchery, no drinking in the streets, no type of nudity, nothing like that. That would be what Mardi Gras in, like, Smallville would look like, basically. <laughs> like, maybe 50 people. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so that's what it would look like if you had Mardi Gras in town after John Lithgow banned dancing and <laughs> Kevin Bacon just hadn't shown up yet. <laughs> John Lithgow, man, he's always in and on parades. Yes, but you know, it's it's so it was such a weird cut because we go from the oil rig and all of a sudden, oh, we forgot to mention that you know these two ladies they get attacked and they sink to the bottom of of the sea wherever they are, and that kind of sets up what the main thrust of the film is or how they get to the actual uh, action, I guess. But we just go straight to that Mardi Gras esque celebration, and we see. Our two heroes have somehow managed to get drunk at this completely dry parade. <laughs> uh, and start a fight. And start a fight, yes. <laughs> oh, I completely skipped the uh, the war room scene as well, where uh, you know we have the, uh, of course, stereotypical staunch admiral at the front of the room, who looked like he really didn't want to be there, uh, played by Graham Greene. And yeah, he basically acted like he didn't want to be there for the entire film. And I can understand why after watching it now. But, you know, initially I was impressed because I'm like, okay, this is a war room. And, you know, it was predominantly empty, like most of the movie is. Uh, But we had two women sitting at the table and then we had a guy in an eye patch who we're not supposed to think is evil yet. But (laughs) because it's asylum, I don't put it past them to make the eye patch guy, you know, shady. And they didn't disappoint. So I'm well, and his voice his voice was a really good tip off too. The, or I can't talk any voice other than this the entire movie. Yeah, he sounded like he was trying to cover up the pirate the pirate accent, <laughs> you know, the entire time. So I mean, good on him if he put that much depth into the character. But I kind of doubt that. <laughs> so like I'm saying, yeah, I was impressed that they had two women in the scene, and I'm like, that's really cool, you know, the representation, all that. But then <laughs> every word out of. Uh, I think it was uh, the the representative from NASA. Every every line out of her mouth was basically defending the fact that she belonged at that table as she was being berated by Eye Patch Man. <laughs> that was it. That was every line of dialogue for her. It was like, I'll have you know, I have a degree and blah 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 and space and this and that. Like, geez, okay, let's get to the monster. I want to see the monsters fight robots. Come on. <laughs> well, and there's this weird conflict also between the admiral and her that was like, why are you, why do you hate each other so much? And then that that kind of disappeared. Like they came back in one scene, but it's kind of like that never even happened later on in the movie. Oh yeah, initially everybody just wanted her gone, but I guess they <laughs> came around when the giant monster showed up. 
And that introduced, uh, yeah, so when the great giant monsters show up, that introduced my favorite lines of the whole movie, where some random guy in some radio room that you never <laughs> have seen before or since in the movie, uh-huh. send in the seals, send in the green berets, you need to send everybody. <laughs> I, you know, I kept seeing people pop up in this film for just a moment and then disappearing. <laughs> And I, I kept thinking, okay, maybe this person won a contest and they got to be a featured character in an Asylum Studios film. And if that's a possibility, I want to put it out there right now. My goal as we go along with this podcast is to be cast in one of these Asylum films that we can then <laughs> skewer. I don't care if I'm a terrible actor. If I deserve it, I deserve it. I need to get on one of these Asylum films because... Apparently, they just let anybody walk on in there. <laughs> uh, well, and you know, you have as good a chance as anybody who was in there. There you go, man. So, yeah, if Tretz can do it, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll make it a hashtag. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But yeah, okay, so your favorite line was the sending everybody. My favorite line was when, uh, and I'm kind of skipping ahead, but when the robots finally showed up uh, you know, on land. And of course, everybody at the beach is like kind of freaking out, but at the same time, they're filming the robots with their with their phones and everything. All of a sudden, you hear an announcement: "This is an official government robot. Please evacuate the area immediately." <laughs> oh yes, that that was a quality line. What an age we live in! Official government robot. That's that's just great. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh. And so that that uh, basically is is the first fight of the movie where we actually get some action with the kaiju, and uh, we get headlocks and we get uh, opening of the jaws. Was he opening the jaws for the missile to get shot into its mouth, or what for, even happened with that? For Spitfire, yeah. So let's talk about Spitfire. Spitfire was this awesome fighter pilot. Now, okay, as we mentioned, everybody in this film has pretty much been at odds with one another. There is the uh, the threat of the uh, the three pilots of these three different robots kind of coming at each other. There's some tension because Red, uh, you know, the main pilot guy, he's basically kind of, a, you know, a functional alcoholic and his wife, and they're having issues, but, you Are know, they married? Uh, Tretch... I, I can't tell if they're married or dating. I hope they're dating. I don't think they're because, married. Okay, okay. If if they're just dating, then that makes me feel better about the shadiness that goes on later in this movie. Because, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, uh, Jim, who, who's uh, Tretch's character. So, Jim and Tracy kind of, like, they're making this weird eye contact. And they're kind of telegraphing this whole, like, romantic tryst between them later on. And they kind of touch on that a little bit. Like, are you okay? You know, all that stuff. But basically, yeah, um, it's, it's yeah, the Spitfire guy, he's, he's flying some type of fighter jet. And so while Red is holding the mouth of the monster open, he shoots this missile inside the beast. So he got the first kill of the film. You're thinking he's going to be an impressive character. Everybody loves Spitfire, the Admiral, the team, everybody's cheering for him. He's spitting out lines that seem like they're written for Will Smith and Independence Day. You know, <laughs> like he's going, I'm getting a Medal of Honor for this. 50 caliber all day, baby. Stuff like that. And you never see Spitfire again. Rest in peace, Spitfire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, and, and this is just hindsight, and maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but now I'm remembering Spitfire. Didn't he have these weird, gigantic glasses? He did. He did. And he you had... Can't, you can't fly. You can't <laughs> fly if you have visual impairments. That's, Look, that's like an actual thing. Yeah, no, he's Spitfire. You don't tell him what to do. <laughs> you don't tell him what do. he can't do either. That's right. <laughs> Spitfire's the man. Everybody loves Spitfire. Come on. <laughs> Oh, uh, but yeah, we never see him again. And no. so, so, but they win that fight. And there was relatively little destruction. The only real destruction that I saw was when he accidentally shot his laser beam and it destroyed some buildings. Right. But then we cut to a next scene and you have dead bodies everywhere. <laughs> but almost all of them are like not lying out in open areas or areas that look damaged. They're lying like under the overhangs of intact buildings. Yes, and, it and looks under like, trees that are in perfect condition. And yeah, it's like, <laughs> it looks like everybody's just like all of a sudden acting like Andy's toys from Toy Story or something. Like they just know that Red and his team are coming, so they just collapse. <laughs> so it's like, how did you people die? There's yeah. no visible damage other than a little bit of blood coming out of your mouth. Maybe the <laughs> uh, the monster was releasing some type of noxious gas that was just laying everybody out and they never actually got to telling us about that probably but so like so everybody's dead in this area and then some random dude comes running up looking for his daughter and all of a sudden green ranger runs off to help look for look for her <laughs> this and is she- when the movie completely <laughs> changed <laughs> and so she's supposedly 12 and, and, and the guy starts looking for her in a bar just like, of all places he could go to look, he starts looking in a bar. And it's not like he's calling her name and he hears her call back. He's just, like, looking everywhere in this bar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then he finds her and goes Superman to convince her to come out. And then I thought, well, maybe maybe it wasn't supposed to be a bar, but they actually commented on after, and don't stop hanging out in bars. <laughs> There's a lot more to that story than we were given in that moment. I don't know what was going on there. The little girl was so frightened to see him, even though the entire place is on fire. And more of those dead bodies you mentioned are in there, even though the building is mostly intact at this point. So, Tretch is looking for this little girl on foot. There are no police around. No EMTs. No Coast Guards. Everybody that guy called from what you said earlier, they didn't show up. Apparently, <laughs> because the streets are completely empty except for the people on the ground and this dad looking for his daughter. What the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, I kept actually scre- saying that to the TV. What killed all those people? And what's going on with that dad? Alcohol poisoning. That's, you know, <laughs> that's all it could be. I don't know, man. M- maybe he's drinking Uzo or whatever. <laughs> Vague Andromeda strain reference. I'm sorry. <laughs> but actually, you know, that does fit in. Everybody in the town was dead, and there's that one drunken guy. There is always that one drunken guy. <laughs> oh, but yeah. But, you know, through through these scenes, they're introducing our protagonist. They made our protagonist almost completely unlikable, except for Green Ranger. Right. And, uh, yeah. So, I guess we should also mention the fact that even though Red was the one that saved the day. And by the way, his name is just Red. That's it. You know, it, just looking at the credits, Red. And his <laughs> robot happened to be adorned with red piping. 
Whereas Jim's had green piping and Tracy's had, I think it was blue. Yeah. Yes. She had blue. So <laughs> basically he gets arrested after this big monster fight <laughs> <laughs> because he disobeyed orders and they take him to basically a, a, a closet of some sort that has the word holding written on the outside. So we're supposed to think this is a holding <laughs> cell of some sort. Um, after all he did, he basically saved the city and he got locked up with no explanation. The Admiral comes to visit him and says something to the effect of, I need you to come to this party to satisfy the uh, the delegates and they need to see your face and we need to smooth this over. And I want to tell you, you broke every rule today, but you did a great job. And they locked him up again. I don't understand why. Well, it sounds like there's going to be a court martial in the morning or something. and <laughs> Something. I don't know. But this is this is the other thing that kind of got under my skin about this film too. Uh and I don't I don't know if we can blame this on Asylum or if it's Amazon, but there were a lot of misspellings in these captions. I turn on the captions just to help me concentrate when I'm trying to review something. I I'll, I'll be the first to admit I can't necessarily focus and concentrate when big movies or, you know, big explosions are happening during the movies and everything like that. There's a lot going on. So I don't want to miss anything. I turn on the captions. Sue me. But Amazon kept misspelling words. Like uh, at one point, one of the characters mentioned that something was bizarre. They spelled it like a bizarre, like a fair or something <laughs> like that. And it was just all downhill from there. Just everything was out of place. Not good. Come on, guys. You got the script right there. If there is a script, maybe there's no script. Maybe it's all improv. Maybe so. Ah. Maybe the captions were done by that 12-year-old girl after she got sauced in the bar. There you go, man. And they just fill in the blanks with with terrible CG after the fact. <laughs> and, and, and then, like, loud roar and <laughs> other sound effects mixed in. I mean, it's, it's kind of a sad state of affairs when I can say that Axe Cop, which was written by a seven-year-old, uh, is it has a, a, a more uh, believable story than this does. <laughs> so, back to the film. Red's a functioning alcoholic. Barely functioning. Um, we get to a point where they get to the big dance or whatever, uh, and we get a little bit more of a glance into the romantic triangle uh, between Red, Jim, and Tracy. What are your thoughts on that? I think it was just acted so poorly that it's like, what, what, I, I, ugh. yeah, it was just badly written and badly acted, um, and it just made them so unlikable, but especially the, well, well uh, before we get to that, like, the scene of the dance that sort of left, where she left to go to be with, uh, Tretch, um, that was, oh, that bothered me so much, how he was such, being such a drunken jerk, <laughs> And then all he has to do is say, that's our song, and be obnoxious to her. And then it turns into romance? That I'm, really bothered me. I'm so glad you brought that up, because I want to talk about that moment where he goes, that's our song. I understand they did not want to pay for the rights to Stand By Me. <laughs> but, but that was that, Stand By Me. That was public domain Stand By Me. Their song <laughs> is public domain Stand By Me. That's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's like that's like proposing with a cubic zirconia ring, you know. That's, yeah, yeah. Oh, this movie. So, 
I bet you're wondering what value I saw in this film because I didn't give it the lowest possible score. Well, I will tell you, it makes me look forward to Power Rangers a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) Because no matter how bad the new Power Rangers movie is, it cannot be as bad as this. I would have to agree. I, I would have to agree. Also, Pacific Rim 2, no matter how bad that is, it cannot be as bad as this film. <laughs> yeah, this, this movie really makes it easier to watch other movies. It does, it does. But I guess we have to get back to the story. So, well, as I mentioned before, they, they locked up Red again. He's waiting for the court-martial hearing or whatever. Uh, of course, another monster attacks. And we need the team back together. So, even though... <laughs> Both of these characters know, even though Jim and Tracy know that Red is probably just hungover from the night before. Uh, they want to get him out of lockup because, you know, team unity, all that stuff. So they have to get Red out of this cell. And it's the weirdest thing. It's got a doorknob on the door, right? It's Because it, as I mentioned before, it's not a cell. It's more of just a closet. It's just got a regular doorknob. Tretch goes and gets a hammer to break the knob off the door, and it's taken forever. The monster's killing tons <laughs> of people. Why didn't he just get a freaking screwdriver and just take it off the manual way? Well, and there was some big stuff behind it. You could just get, like, a big, that big sax or something right by there. You could just get that and, yeah, it's... Or, but it was also, it's also a double door that, like, massively swayed every time you would touch it. So all you have to do is really shoulder into it and it would pop open. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't like a reinforced door or anything. Or maybe get your giant robot and... You know, smash a hole in the wall or something cool like that. But no, no. But no. <laughs> so I, I I, basically just kind of glossed over the rest of this. I got to be honest. It was all just kind of just more of the same. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on before we fast forward to the end? Yeah, you know, this is the point where it's interesting to see that because this is the point where I just I, I couldn't bring myself to, to take any more notes on it. <laughs> I just like I can't. I just I can't anymore. <laughs> yeah. It was uh you know, third act blues, everything just kinda gets wrapped up and the funny thing, the funny thing, okay, so you know that basically the the movie is pushing for uh Tracy and Jim to get together. Uh, and of course, they they can't have Red just kind of be a third wheel. So there's a point where Red takes the monster to space because now the robots can fly. Um, he takes the the monster into space and basically tries to do a Mare Hagar and body slam it or whatever. And it, it seems like he died on reentry. So now, of course, Jim and Tracy can be together and he can console her. But no. Red stands up triumphantly from the wreckage of the crashed robot. There was no wreckage. Oh, that's right. No, there was implied wreckage. (laughs) (laughs) The characters have the most awkward fist bump, including the Admiral, and say, hey, let's go to the bar and get drunk. And that's the end of the film. That's it. Oh, man, that was so so painful. They don't care about where the monsters came from, if there are any more coming or anything like that. It's just, oh, okay, we killed it. Let's let's go get drunk, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's, we, we saved the world from nukes and from monsters, and, and I just fell from the atmosphere with no cushion whatsoever, and I'm fine. <laughs> and I happened to land right next to all of you. <laughs> But they're okay. There was no no wreckage that flew everywhere. Nothing that impaled anyone. 
You know, no. And no. and and that that background scene looked a lot more like Pensacola, Florida, where they had previously filmed or wherever they filmed it, than it looked like Manhattan, <laughs> yeah. which is where they were supposed to be at the time. Right, right. <laughs> oh, no and man. yes, and yes, we're not going to go through it much more. But uh, yes, Eye Patch Guy was evil. Oh, that's tried, right. Tried to nu- nuke that. New York, and uh, that's the last we'll speak of him. Okay. <laughs> Man, that was, yeah, that was an experience, bro. I got to tell you. I think it put some hair on my chest. (laughs) Well, the good news is it can't get much worse than that. No, it really can't. Let's knock on wood. Um, Yeah, so (laughs) this ends our dissection of Atlantic Rim. Let us never speak of it again. Well, uh, so now that we've subjected ourselves and our audience to Atlantic Rim. We are going to be reviewing a game next week. So next week we will be looking at a game that's free on Steam called Mind's Eyes or something like that. Uh, So we will hopefully find something much more enjoyable than Atlantic Rim. (laughs) It's guaranteed to be, because at least I'm going to have a controller in my hand this time around. So uh, I am going to... uh, Tweet out uh, when I'm going to be playing it. Uh, I'm going to try to be uh, broadcasting that on Twitch so you guys can watch and kind of uh, either enjoy my misery or enjoy the game itself. And uh, we will meet back here to discuss, let you guys know exactly what we thought about it. Now, you mentioned you're going to tweet this out. For those who are interested in seeing your tweets, where can they find you? Well, they can find me at GCPDMatt on Twitter. Um, they can also follow me at GCPD Podcast for tweets that uh, basically let you know the goings-on of MightyInc.net. Sounds great. You can find me at AOG on Twitter. Um, and also Agents of Game Anything will get you to that stuff. And soon we'll be rolling out the digital dumpster dry- diving uh, social media. Yep, so that's what you guys got to look forward to next time. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much for joining us on this journey. We hope that you enjoyed it. Again, big thanks to the Versus of the Universe Network, which we are proud to be a part of. And we will see you next time on Digital Dumpster Diving. I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Dave Martin. Have a week. No, wait, that's Kevin Smith's. Um, dive on. Yeah, we'll go with that. Dive on.